I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I don't know the rest of the song. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, babe? I'm okay. How are you, babe? I'm okay also. Thanks for hear, asking. I can hear myself in the... Oh, sorry. Is that down? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Now I don't hear myself. Yeah, so how are you? What's up? What's new? Um, not much is new. I th- I'm going to be open and transparent on this podcast, though. Do um, it. had a breakdown uh, about a week ago. Um, A week ago yesterday, I completely blanked on a whole day. Um, So I had a breakdown on the Sunday. I don't remember much of the Monday. I cleansed my crystals. Mm-hmm. Um, I rearranged my shelf and I don't know what I did for the rest of the day. I, I have no memory of it, which is really scary. Um, and then had another breakdown on the Tuesday and had to go to the emergency department, um, at the hospital. And now I'm on medication. I have a mental health plan and I just thought I would be open and transparent about that, that we're not, you can't always be okay and it's okay to get help and accept the help and I Mm. say it to all of my friends and family and people I love and I'm always saying that I'm I'm happy that everyone else is getting help and I'm always like I don't need it I do need it and Mm. I am I'm thankful that I've got very supportive people like Brayden in my life who stayed at the hospital with me for eight hours I think I think it was more than that I think it was closer four in the afternoon to midnight Hmm. What's that? Uh, it was more than that. Okay. Look, you stayed with it's me okay. for it's like three a, days. It's not a competition. There we go. That'll do. You did though. Did I? You took the next day off of work. And the day after that. And the day after well, that. I just want to make sure you're okay. And I'm all right. Hmm. I took days off work. I took t- this morning off work. I was ha- I had a panic attack. I just couldn't go. And I think it's okay. It's absolutely okay to feel like this. Especially in 2020. It's a fucked up year. And if you're going to have a mental breakdown, this is the year to do it. Yeah. Just make sure you're in a safe environment and you get help. And if they tell you you've got to take medication to feel better, it's okay. Because I've always not been against it. I've just don't. I For the last five years, I haven't wanted to take it. And that's, I'm now on day six of taking medication and the side effects are fucking horrendous but i know it's gonna help me yeah i'm proud of you for getting help thanks babe 
And everyone listening, if you think that you could benefit from talking to someone, you know, don't don't hold back and keep those emotions welled up inside because that's a recipe for disaster. And you deserve to be able to chat about your problems to someone and yeah. feel better. Even if you don't want to go to your doctor, if you don't want to go see a psychologist or even if you don't want to go to the emergency department of a hospital, you talk to your mum, your dad, your grandma, your best friend, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your non-binary friend. That guy at, at McDonald's. Yeah, just like let it all loose. I've got plenty of customers that come through the place of work that I work. I don't think I can, I don't want to say the name of where I work. That just, they like start crying while I'm serving them. And really? Yeah, like it happens. And I just say, it's all right. You're allowed to feel like this. Tell me what's going on. And I always say to them, I want to give you a massive hug, but because of COVID-19 and social (laughs) distancing, I can't. But just know that I would hug you so hard right now. I feel that mental hug. Yeah. (laughs) And I always make a little joke because I can't cope. But (laughs) also, if you ever just like DM us, I'll, I'll chat to you. I won't tell you to get over it. That's the biggest thing. A lot of people just go, well, I'm not going to help you if you don't help yourself. And I think when you go to someone to talk about your problems, you are helping yourself. And that's amazing. Good job. So I will not tell you to get over it. Everybody, we love you. We love you all. Please stay safe and take care. And that's the end of today's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. But that's what's new in my life. I've been going through a lot. How about you, babe? You've been going through a lot with me. Oh, I'm all right. Nothing really has been new for me. (laughs) Um, Just, yeah. Me, big heartfelt opening. You're like, same old, same old. (laughs) Dealing with Belinda's mental illness, you know, being a good boyfriend and shit. Um, I've been steaming ahead towards that charity thing Mm. that's in three weeks now. Quite nervous for it. 24 hours of charity stream. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I've finished a lot of preparation for it, but I still have an intense amount to go. So that's going to be just all sorts of joy. And, um, yeah. Lots of people who have created the game. I'm sure I mentioned it before, but Call of Cthulhu. It's a tabletop role-playing game. Um yeah, the people who created it have said that they're going to come and watch, and then my that's favorite, awesome. yeah, my favorite people who do it said they're going to come watch. So it's, that's freaking amazing, babe. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. These people that have created the game and play the game are going to come watch you. Yeah, and you can all come watch me too. It's twitch.tv slash Cthulhu for Charity at 7 a.m. on September 13th, GMT plus 10, otherwise known as Australian Eastern Standard Time. Very unlucky hours. number. 13. Oh, yeah. Hey, it, it's Sunday the 13th, though. True. It's the weekend after Father's Day. Sunday cancels out any any suspicion with the 13 number. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a Sunday, it's the best day. It's the Lord's Day. It's only Friday 13th that are bad, right? And Monday 13th. I don't know. Yeah, Wednesday that's pretty bad. Actually, <laughs> Thursday the 13th sounds evil to me. Thursday, th- that should be <laughs> like a prequel movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> it was on this day, a Thursday, a year ago. 
<laughs> Thursday the 13th, <laughs> that he came out of the woods with a hook on his hand. And now it's a year later, Friday the 13th, and he's coming out of the woods with two hooks on his <laughs> hands. Double up. That's a good movie. That's a, just a good classic, I reckon. <laughs> you know, what's just the, the most, what, out of the days of the week, what's the most evil day? Monday. Are you sure? I don't know. It's Mondays really beginning. aren't that bad. It's just because you got to go back to work. I think Tuesday and Thursday are the most malevolent days of the week. I feel like, I don't know, Wednesday, because it's, you're like, oh, yep, halfway through the week, but you still have more to go. Mm. You're not that much closer to the weekend, but you're also not that much closer to the start of the week. Yeah. It's like a really iffy day. They, they really call it the hump day for a reason. You really <laughs> got to get over that hump. It's like, as soon as it starts to reach about 8 o'clock on a Wednesday, I think you start to feel better. Yeah. And then a Thursday, you're like, woo, yeah, tomorrow's Friday. You know what's after Friday? Saturday. Oh. Fridays should be the start of the weekend, though. That'd be nice. Yeah. Remember back at school, we'd have a three-day weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What? Yeah. What fucking school did you go to? But we, we started and ended it later on Monday to Friday. Oh. It was like a uni schedule almost. Like it was a bit strange. Not really What's at all. High school? Yeah, just high school. Oh, do you have like a free day? It was just for grade 11 and 12. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I thought you were like primary school or something. Oh, no, I imagine like, what that. The fuck? That'd be amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we did 8 a.m. to. Sometimes 4 p.m., but most Fuck. times just 3 p.m. Some people got to finish at 2 p.m. Yeah, I, I, when sometimes when I'm coming home from work and I'm driving past the schools at like 2 o'clock, there's all these children just mm. everywhere. I'm like, it should be 3 o'clock, <laughs> but it's 2 o'clock and they're everywhere. And you just get the feeling like you want to shout at them. Yeah. Oh, I tell you what, stay off the road. Yeah, oh that, my was, God. that was. I one swear, time. if we see Elsha one day just walking out of school at two o'clock and she's oh, on that road, Elsha. I will, I will scream at her. We're screaming at you. We're picking you up in your car. And we're taking you <laughs> I'm back to taking school. You home. <laughs> home at least. Back to school. But what if she's finished school for the day? I just don't walk on the road. Okay, that's one thing. I see big groups of children just walking along. <laughs> I get it. You're teenagers. Woo! Live dangerously, but please don't. Not on the road near so a busy roundabout. Yeah, you only get one. You're not a cat. <laughs> just because you're a teenager. <sighs> oh. I, just, I love, I just, I love Elsha so much. So Yeah. Oh, happy birthday, by the happy way. Happy birthday, Elsha. It's Elsha's birthday by the time we're recording this. Uh, anyways, shall we move on with the program? Um, yeah, we I think I might go first because my phone battery is going to die and that's what I'm reading from. Okay. Babe, I have to ask you, what do you think would cause the state senator of Wisconsin, James Baumgart, to draft a piece of legislation criminalizing vampirism and vampire-related activities in the state? Uh, was he attacked by a vampire? <laughs> no, he wasn't. Um, he watched too much vampire diaries. That's it, yes. Yeah, was it? No. Oh. Well, yeah, Wisconsin, <laughs> Wisconsin has a, uh, had a number of spooky events in its history that have led to that occurring. So, so there's a, a ledger. Is it a ledger? It, it, it got... Um, he drafted a piece of legislation. I don't think it actually got put oh, okay. through. I was going to say, so there's one in Wisconsin just banning being a vampire. Yeah. 
like the consumption of human blood and particularly the consumption of child blood oh can be penalized with up to 15 years in prison. <laughs> oh my god. I think there was some guy that was going around like using a razor blade to cut children and then drinking their blood. So not like killing them just like drinking their blood and then running away. Can I do a sidebar on Dine and Dash? Yeah, what? Dine and Dash. <laughs> <laughs> pay his bill. Sidebar, go. Um, there was a a guy that went around somewhere in the states that would go up to women and just like slash them with, with a razor blade for and fun. Drink them? No, just uh-huh. he just because slash he was a sociopath, a mean person, psychopath. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, that is horrible. Um, Sorry. Yeah. So, an event. You know, this. Where am I up to? A ledger. Yeah, one one such spooky event in Wisconsin history is the mystery of the Mineral Point Vampire. Mineral Point is used to experiencing some pretty weird paranormal phenomena. There is a well-known ghost in town called the Ridgeway Ghost, which is a shape-shifting ghost, <laughs> which changes from a man with a whip to a young female to a headless horseman, and even takes the form of animals. That's actually pretty scary. I need to ask you, is there, is there a more famous monster than a vampire? Maybe aside from, like, a werewolf. Mm. I think vampires are probably the most, you know, well-known creatures from stories and vampires, movies. Vampires, mummies. Yeah. Like, classic, like, ninety like, swamp monster type yeah. of... Like, when you think of monster, that's what you're going to think of, yeah, aren't you? You're not going to think of, like, oh, no. Pedophile. No, I mean, they're a, okay. they're a real life monster. <laughs> I'm talking about like stories and movies. <laughs> there weren't like movies all through the 1900s about pedophiles, you know. Well, well maybe. No, I don't know. But, Anyways. um, yeah. Vampires are up there. Zombies, maybe? Name name some vampires for me uh, Dracula, um, Damon. Yep, two. Um, Stefan. Okay. Edward Cullen. Yep. Uh, the guy from Dark Shadows. Okay. What's his name? The one that played, the Johnny Depp played him. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. And now name werewolves. Teen Wolf. <laughs> one. Um, Wolverine, does he count or is he no, mutant? No, he's Damn a mutant. It. Okay. I think I just proved that vampires are the most. <laughs> the most. <laughs> I, like, I, don't, I just, I don't know. I don't, I, I put you on, know the, put you on, you uh, really did put me on the spot, spot there, but yeah. I think I named it. A fair few of teen heartthrob vampires for <laughs> yeah, you. Thanks. Uh, so much like many of our favourite paranormal stories, this story has been backed up by police witness accounts. Yep. My Which gives us the feeling that there may be credibility to the story because, you know, police never lie. Well. <laughs> well. <laughs> Anyways, between 1981 and 2008, there were three sightings of vampires in Mineral Point, Wisconsin. Perhaps the legislation and how aware everyone was of this vampires made Count Dracula hibernate in his coffin until the heat died down and he could head out to find his new meal because there was only three of those encounters over the span of, like, what is that, 27 years. Maybe he only needs, like, one every Yeah, he just needs to refill his blood blood stores every now and then. One every nine years. That sounds about right. Hmm. 
So there was apparently compelling evidence gathered by police to make them think that this vampire was more than just a hoax or some goth kid running around drinking tomato juice. (laughs) And that makes me very excited. And the more I talk about these cryptid stories, the more inclined I am to kind of believe that maybe the government's just sort of keeping all of this under wraps and every now and then a monster just like slips through their grasp and like fuck i mean why else would area 51 be so highly secured right it's not just some government (laughs) facility no it's It's, vampires it's a place where they it's it's the place where they hide all the monsters like in cabin in the woods Mm. that would make sense right and i think this year this year they've Someone's just fucked up, and they've just let everything loose. (laughs) So, each of the three encounters with the Mineral Point Bloodsucker have striking similarities that lead believers to think that it's the exact same entity. All of the people who have had first-hand encounters with the vampire saw it as a very tall, gaunt, and pale figure who wore black clothing and a black cape. They also remarked that the person, and I quote, looked like a vampire. So there we go. Well, I do serve a lady at work who looks like a vampire. Oh, really? So, Be but careful. she's out during the day, so I don't know. Oh, shit. I think she's very pale. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first encounter with the odd creature occurred in 1981 when Officer John Pepper went to investigate claims by town folks of Mineral Point that a creepy guy was walking around Graceland Cemetery. Trudging through thick snow... Pepper managed to spot the vampire, but the monster realised he was being watched, and the chase ensued. Officer Pepper would go on to recount the fact that the man ahead of him ran with supernatural speed and leaped over a six-foot-tall cemetery fence in a single bound. Fuck. Thankfully, or not so thankfully for Officer Pepper, he brought back a team of officers in the morning to inspect the scene of the chase, and the officers found deep footprints in the snow leading to the cemetery fence with no footprints on the other side. Leading the other officers to believe that Officer Pepper was making the whole thing up. <laughs> so I, I bet Officer... That guy just flew straight over and turned into a bat. There we go, and off he goes. Flooded away. Yeah. A little fluttery bat. I bet uh, Officer Pepper got pretty salty when he was called a liar. And after that moment, the investigation had come to a close. How long did it take you to think of that? Not long at all. (laughs) It was low-hanging fruit. You're like, just where can I put it in? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm, I need to think about something with salt. (laughs) So the vampire resurfaced again in 2004. Several people called the police to report a tall, pale, and gaunt man harassing them from a tree and attempting to grasp them by leaping from the tree. Jesus. Yep. The vampire had a striking resemblance to the one seen by Officer Pepper in 1981, and this was noted by the officers who found the vampire. A team of officers went to investigate the appearance, and all of them spotted it. Yet again, another chase ensued, and the vampire ran away with supernatural speed. The officers managed to follow the vampire's footprints, but they ended at a 10-foot-high wall. Seemingly, the vampire had yet again escaped by leaping the wall in a single bound. Okay, if this is a person that's just dressing up as a vampire, <laughs> I reckon he's got one of those cable, <laughs> like, gun things where it, like... A grappling it, hook? Yeah! <laughs> and it just, like... Or he knows like, parkour. 
No, that's not cool enough. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's, a, he's James a, a Bond. Hook. Yeah. <laughs> he's Batman. He's Mission Impossible. Mm. <laughs> he's Batman. <laughs> he's a vampire. <laughs> So the final attack (laughs) happened in 2008, four years after the second encounter. Brandon Hines and his girlfriend were fishing when the Mineral Point vampire climbed out from underneath the jetty they were fishing off of and gave chase. This has all happened at night, by the way, I should remind you. Because vampires only happen at night. Yeah. So Brandon held the vampire back while his girlfriend retreated to the car and he threw his flashlight at the monster hitting it and deterring it momentarily uh, enough time that gave uh, Brandon a clear dash for his car to pull off right as the vampire was grasping at the back of the car, Ooh, attempting to secure its next meal. <laughs> yeah, so funnily enough, the police went back and they, you know, they found all the fishing gear left untouched, but the light was gone forever. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, oh, what happened to it? Oh, no, he stole the lights. <laughs> oh, he probably got hit by it and was like, fuck this thing and threw it into the lake. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so funnily enough, the vampire story and the Ridgeway ghost uh, story resulted in a significant loss of population. <laughs> and in spite of the huge time difference between 1870 and the 1980s, there was a loss of residents over that time of a 1,000 people. You'd expect, like, 1870 to 1980 to be, like, a significant growth, right? Yeah. Yep, not not in not in Mineral Point. No, maybe this vampire was out there just eating everyone. That's what I was about to say. Maybe oh, they Maybe they are... They've just been his meal. And oh, that's yeah. that explains why there's uh, such a population decline. That makes sense. Yeah, but I guess we'll never really know. That's why we've got to go there. Oh, we there have we to go. live there. We've got to go out every night, hunt for vampires. Do they have like vampire hunting in that town? Maybe. Oh, come on. You didn't look that up? Probably they do. Oh, let's look that What is. Mineral Point vampire Mineral hunting. Point. Oh, I can't read. Mineral Point vampire nah. hunting. Real Vampire of Mineral Point Cemetery. No, there's just a whole bunch of it. Anyways. Yeah, I guess we'll never know. That's all I have. That's really cool, babe. I liked your story. Thanks, babe. Very uh, vampiric. Yeah, thanks. I, I quite like finding these stories of, like, movie monsters that have been, like, spotted in real life. Apparently there was also a werewolf spotted in the town at a similar time that the first sighting of that vampire occurred. Maybe they're, like, tag-teaming it. Maybe. Mm. Jekyll and Hyde. Or Bonnie Bonnie and Clyde. So, (laughs) wrong, wrong, (laughs) wrong group. (laughs) What you got for us, babe? I yawn. Molly's snoring. Well, babe, I've recently gotten into one subject of one group, one subcategory of all things paranormal, supernatural, and macabre. What's that? Haunted cemeteries. Oh. Why have we not looked more into haunted cemeteries? I feel like it's because graveyards, cemeteries, we just, we're like, oh, yeah, there's got to be ghosts there. Of course. Like, there's no point doing (laughs) stories on a cemetery. Of course there's ghosts. But, babe. (laughs) 
<laughs> They're a legit haunted cemetery. We've been to one. I know. <laughs> I know. I feel like... But, like, we don't look into it more, and I feel like we need to, because this shit's scurry. Yeah. What you got for us? So, this is declared as one of the most haunted cemeteries oh, shit. in the world. <laughs> one of. And it's in Edinburgh, Scotland. The land of my people. Yep. Um, it's Greyfriars Kirkyard. Doesn't sound like much. <laughs> it's a cemetery that has a prison attached to it. Oh, fuck. What are you doing? And there's two churches in one building there. How's that that didn't make sense to me either, so I just left yeah. it out of the story, but I was going to add it in there anyway. Yeah. So, wait. Do they bury... You'll probably get to this, I'm sorry, but do they bury the prisoners there? You know what? They weren't clear on that. They probably do. They probably did. <laughs> That's why it's so hard. They're probably just like in a mass grave or just something. Just evil people. Yeah. Well... There's one particular ghost that is uber evil. Oh, do tell. I will. So, in the city's historic centre, perched on a hill overlooking the town, Greyfriars Kirkyard is a seemingly idyllic cemetery dating back to the 1560s. Oh, shit. Yeah. But to this day, it has enough strange happenings to attract a steady stream of ghost hunters and even wizarding fans. What the fuck? Oh, what? How does Wizard. wizards come into this? I will let you know in a little bit. Are you talking about like the KKK? No, not. <laughs> I'm only joking. You know their titles are like that though, like wizard and like dragon. No, I did not know that because I'm not a part of the KKK, Brayden. <laughs> Damn it, you've exposed me. <laughs> in the daylight hours, Greyfriars Kirkyard is a beautiful place for a tranquil stroll, revealing only hints of its bloody past. Ooh. I loved that sentence. Yeah, it's fun. Typical of most old cemeteries, eerie carved stone angels of death and other ghoulish figures adorn many of the tombstones. Ooh. So it's a pretty... You know, pretty classic, chill place. Gothic <laughs> looking cemetery. It's a cemetery. Sounds like a good place for a first date. Oh. Should we get married in a cemetery? I think, I think two of our three anniversaries have been at haunted, haunted place, places, haven't they? And I, I like don't... that. I really like that for us. <laughs> We're holding hands. You can't see it on camera, but no, we are. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Brayden's like, you can go now. <laughs> Continue. Um,. But it's the imposing metal grills covering some of the graves that really stand out. In the early 1800s, University of Edinburgh's prestigious medical studies program flourished, inadvertently sparking an underground trade in corpses stolen by body snatchers and sold to local students for study. This is very common all over the world. All over the world. Body snatchers, grave diggers, whatever. Especially in Scotland and the UK and all oh, that. Oh yeah, because that was like a profession. Yeah, you make you earn your living snatching bodies. Mm. Mm. Um, to prevent these entrepreneurs, <laughs> this yep. is the word that I put in there, <laughs> nice. from making off with their loved ones, families would protect the graves by boxing them in with iron cages called mort safes that then run deep into the ground. Cool. So. And I think it was in the Southport Cemetery there was, like, the fences around graves. Yeah. And I think, did some have covers? I know that there was there, concrete yeah. covers. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
You don't want anyone stealing your body. No, that's it. Oh, do you know what I saw? Speaking of graves and cemeteries, there's um, like when you donate, you, there's some places where you can donate your body to science, but there's these places where they've got like just a field and they just chuck your body out there to watch how it decomposes. What the hell? I would love that. What the hell? And I would It like helps them catch serial killers. Oh, yeah, and that find sounds missing good for you. people. Yeah. Something I'm heavily like I'm already an organ donor. So now you're a body donor. I should donate my body for that pure reason. Give away my organs and then just chuck my skin and stuff out there. Whatever's donate. left of me. Mm. Donate I'm, my face. I just want to be frozen so I can come back to life. Okay, Walt Disney. (laughs) So, haunting the cemetery, the main haunter of the place, is George Mackenzie, mainly known as the Mackenzie Poltergeist, who is said to be one of the most aggressive and active paranormal figures around. Jesus. During his lifetime, he was known as a ruthless prosecutor of the Scottish Covenanters. 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 I can't say the word. It's a word. A Presbyterian movement in the 17th century. In 1638, the National Covenant was presented and signed in front of the pulpit, or as some stories say, in the kirkyard. It was a document of great importance in the history of Scotland and a crucial development in a turbulent period in Scotland's history, revolving around religious and civil freedom. The document was drawn up to oppose religious and political policies, which had been introduced by King Charles I. The Covenant was a promise to uphold Presbyterian values. The Covenanters refused to accept the king as the spiritual head of the church in Scotland and opposed the Episcopalian, thank you, system of church government. (laughs) I was like, I know how to say this word. I know how to say it. Anyway. Charles regarded this as a treason and declared war on the Covenanters, a move which eventually led to civil war across England, Scotland, and Ireland. Wow. A little bit of history there for you guys. fun fact. So part of the graveyard was turned into a prison known as the Covenanters' prison and is connected to Greyfriars' Kirkyard by a stone gateway and a locked metal grate near Mackenzie's mausoleum. It was once home to an estimated 1,200 unfortunate members of a failed anti-government revolution, the Battle of Bothwell Bridge in 1679. Conditions at the prison were so brutal, um, with each only allowed four ounces of bread a day. Oh, my God. That's horrendous. Horrendous. <laughs> I was going to say horrible, but then I <laughs> decided to change it up. Um, and that only 257 of the prisoners came out alive four months after their mass wow. incarceration, a portion of which had escaped or pledged loyalty to the, to the crown. I bet half of them escaped because they've gotten so thin that they, they just, could just get through the bars. Slide through Probably. The bars, yeah. So today, tour purveyors conducting nighttime excursions around the graveyard have reported some unexplainable events. Ooh. Many have emerged from inside the prison prison and mausoleum with bruises, burns, scratches, and even broken bones. Mm-hmm. Attributed to long-dead prisoners and their violent prosecutor, Mackenzie. In 2006, the Scotsman wrote that there had been 
450 documented attacks, 140 people who had collapsed, and even suspicion that the Mackenzie poltergeist was responsible for the death of one local psychic. What the hell? This guy, George Mackenzie, was fucking terrible. Yeah. So He killed a psychic. Yeah. Probably just overwhelmed it with psychic energy. Probably. So I was watching um, a video because I feel like I haven't done that for a while when researching things. I was watching this YouTube video um, investigating the world's most haunted graveyard gone wrong. <laughs> um, this was in 2019, February 20, by the YouTuber Sean. That's just what his channel is called, S-H-A-U-N. And the person that he was with, this lady that he was with, she sat... I think on or near the mausoleum. And when they return home, she has a massive blue bruise on her thigh and like scratches down her side. Oh my God. But she didn't feel it at, feel all. It at all while she was there. Wow. That's creepy. And she's like completely freaking out. If you want to see it, skip to like 18 minutes into the video because it's yeah. a 20 minute video. But it's a really, really cool investigation. So according to legend, Mackenzie's spirit was released in 1999. When a homeless man looking for a spot to sleep broke into his final resting place, the Black Mausoleum. Oh my god. It was a fate predicted by famed Scottish poet Robert Louis Stevenson, who referenced Mackenzie in his 1879 book, Edinburgh Picturesque Notes. He wrote, When a man's soul is certainly in hell, his body will scarce lie quiet in a tomb, however costly. Some time or other, the door must open and the reprobate come forth in the abhorred garments of the grave. Oh, so it predicted that he, so would, cool. he would be, the Muslim would be opened and he would be free. Wow. Very. That's um, so cool. Very eerie. I yeah, like it. I have goosebumps. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Mackenzie was said to be responsible for killing nearly 18 thousand people during an eight-year period in Scottish history, which was dubbed the killing time. Oh, my God. 18,000. If you have to name a period of time the killing time, you know it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't a good time. He became known as Bloody Mackenzie. Oh, my God. Yeah. And as a result, his domed uh, mausoleum in the graveyard is not maintained out of disrespect for his deeds. Yeah, good. He's that hated that they're like, fuck, fuck yeah. that guy. Yeah. Screw that dude. Get this. Shit in, on that mausoleum. In 2003, two boys, aged 17 and 15, entered the tomb through a ventilation slot in the rear of the building, which has now been sealed. Uh, they reached the lower vault containing the coffins, broke the coffins open, and stole a skull. Oh my god, did they? Here's the real kicker. Police arrived as they were playing football or soccer with the skull on the grass. Oh my fucking god. Mm-hmm. I wonder if those boys are dead now. <laughs> <laughs> Forever haunted yeah. by bloody Mackenzie. Oh my god. Uh, so, throughout the 15th century onward, many prominent citizens in Edinburgh were um, inter- interred? 
interred. Yeah, interred. Yeah, I thought it was interred. Interred. Within St. Giles Kirk itself. However, the space quickly became oversaturated and finally in 1562, when Mary Queen of Scots established the Kirkyard as a burial ground between then and nine. Between then and 1900, nearly 100,000 people were buried in Grave Frere's Kirkyard. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. To add to the overcrowding, when St. Giles, I think it's Giles, yeah. was being restored in 1879, several tons of human bones from unmarked graves in the middle of the church were removed and humbly re-entered at Grave Frere's Holy Kirkyard. Holy Several tons of unmarked bones. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, where are them boys now? But they're having the best soccer game of their life. <laughs> <laughs> They've made like a whole goalpost and everything. Yeah. What is it? The goal goal net thing? <laughs> the bone. Playing um all sorts of sports all with their bones. All sorts of sports. Badminton. <laughs> cricket tennis. with cricket with a femur. <laughs> ah yeah, that's, that's a good one. We all know cricket with a femur. <laughs> So, for the past 140-odd years, a noble-looking... Uh, this is, sorry, nicer note, I should say. Um, a noble-looking bronze sky terrier has stood guard outside the grounds and watched over the kirkyard. His name is Greyfriars Bobby, a loyal dog that stood vigil over his deceased owner's grave for 14 years until his own death. Oh, wow. What a good dog. When he was buried near his, um, oh, sorry, then he was buried near his beloved master's plot. Oh, beautiful. Uh, the story has been memorialized in books and movies, one by Disney called literally Grey Frere's Bobby. Yeah. But historians now say that while the pup existed, his extended mourning was probably a fabricated marketing ploy by the cemetery curator and a nearby restaurant owner to encourage tourism. He most likely stuck around for the food and attention he got from visitors. Way to ruin a story. Yeah, what the hell? What a killjoy. Fucking historians, <laughs> mate. How about you leave it up to the people? The dog was probably sticking around for all them bloody bones. Up and about. <laughs> yeah, probably. He's like going around digging them up. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. yeah. Got a rib bone today. <laughs> Give a dog a bone. So... The cemetery is also just steps from the now landmarked Elephant House Cafe where J.K. Rowling first Uh, scribbled the lines of Harry Potter in a window seat overlooking George Harriet's an uncannily Hogwarts-esque school. Wow. Among the graves in Greyfriars Kirkyard is one with a headstone reading Thomas Riddle. Really? J.K. Rowling revealed that it was inspired, that that is what inspired the birth name of Lord Voldemort. Oh my god, that's I mean, so I feel cool. like that's straight up plagiarism. You stole yeah. someone's name, mate. <laughs> um, Harry Potter devotees make pilgrimages, pil- pilgrimages to the site, leaving notes and flowers on the 214-year-old grave. Thomas Riddle died in 1806, and his son, also named Thomas, died in Trinidad in 1802 at the age of 26. Wow. I wonder what kind of person the real Thomas Riddle was. Probably just a regular bloke. I wonder if he had a nose. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. That's how, that's how it happened. Hmm. Anyway. 
Um, William McGonagall also has a reputation as one of Scotland's worst poets, is also buried in the graveyard. J.K. Rowling used his name for Hogwarts Professor Minerva McGonagall, the head of Gryffindor. Other gravestones are said to have inspired the names of characters such as Alistair Mad-Eye Moody and Rufus Scrimmager. Thank you for nodding. (laughs) The Kirkyard is also rumoured to have been the inspiration behind the resting place of Harry's parents in Godric's Hollow. Cool. And that is the story of Greyfriars Kirkyard. Wow, that's such an awesome story. Yeah, I was really pumped for that one. I don't feel like I've been pumped for a story in a while. That had everything. It had body snatches. It had a really terrible poltergeist. It had... The killing times. The killing times. It had wizards. It had a pooch. Yeah, it did have a lot, of it? had a little it? pooch. And its nose, the statue, the nose has been rubbed so much that it's turned brass or something. Like nose. shiny? Yeah. That's cute. Do they rub its nose? Everyone just goes up and pats his nose. Oh, nose itches. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. I love that story. That was a great Isn't story. Isn't it nice? I it can't believe everything. those kids... turns. I can't kids believe those kids fucking skull? broke in and started playing, you know... Soccer with a Soccer, skull. <laughs> yeah. Footbone outside. Stop. Yeah, it was so cool. Good story, babe. Thanks, honey. Good. If you want to find us, you can find us over on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Patreon, at You, Me, and a Poltergeist. If you want to follow our personals, you can. Mine is Braden Fireash, B-O-A-Y-D-O-N, number 5-A-S-H on Instagram. And mine is Bambi Mackers, B-A-M-B-I-M-A-C-C-A-S. Remember to speak to someone if you're not feeling good. There are plenty of helplines, but if you feel like they don't help, just go to your GP and just tell them how you feel. And mine was very understanding. Go to your family. Help message a forum. Yeah. And there are plenty of online services as well if you don't feel like you could actually go in and talk to someone. Hmm. There are things available for you. There are a lot of free things as well, a lot of mindfulness apps. Mm. may sound silly at first, but... It helps. Everything helps, and you will get better. Yeah. It is not the end. Though it feels like 2020 is like, fuck me dead, mate. Yeah. What's next? Asteroids? (laughs) Godzilla? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, very nice. Thanks for listening. Don't Thank forget. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget. Um, exercise regularly and get some help. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.